Welcome back to the Deeper Dive podcast, produced locally in the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. Here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland, my name is Bill Winnell, as always, joined by Father Larry Swing. Good morning, Father. Hey. Oh, afternoon, Father, I should say. And Monsignor Charles Pope. Good afternoon, Monsignor. Greetings. So, last week we said we were finishing up our series on virtues. Somehow we forgot about faith. So today we're going to talk about faith. <laughs> um, I'm not, not sure how to, happen uh it's it's sub virtues and it's vices father larry sure well we didn't we didn't forget it we didn't forget about faith it's just that we finished uh the human virtues, human virtues. And, yeah so i mean we did complete that and i guess we just i was talking to my team this morning i thought you know it'd be kind of nice to hit the supernatural virtues now mm-hmm. um to really i mean obviously we we hear these words constantly faith hope and charity and you got to have faith you got to have hope you got to love we hear that a lot yeah and, and real and real quick actually why don't you explain the difference? What what what's the, what the difference is? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, Monsignor is going to say more about this, but essentially, these are these are gifts of God. They're graces that God gives us, namely at baptism. They're not something that we can just muster up by our human willpower. And uh, and it, it's it, faith is received. Um, it's a gift received. And uh, now we have to assent, you know, um, to this grace, and we have to. Uh, engage our will at some point but uh, even that is a grace to be able to assent our will to uh the propositions of revelation mm-hmm. and um it's not faith is i think i think one of the problems with faith today is it's like oh you know you just gotta trust <laughs> like, i mean well that's it i mean gosh i mean uh yeah i mean it's a much greater than trust it's it's a it's a gift to believe things that we can't necessarily we can't perceive by our our human eyes uh, Monsignor, if it's okay, I, I had to share this story because the, the uh, sisters this morning, I saw Remaster for the sisters, they said I had to talk about this, um, about, and it's kind of, maybe it ties in a little bit, you don't have to believe this, but you know, St. Cuppard, you ever heard of St. Cuppard? Um, so it's, apparently, uh, I told them a story about um, uh, a friend of mine has a, an ice bath, and he thought it would be a good idea to jump in for, for healing purposes, and so I, I took a leap of faith, shall we say, <laughs> and um it was the coldest 43 uh, minutes of my life. It was 40 degree water up to my neck. And uh, apparently there is a saint, St. Cuthbert, that used to do that every single night. He used to go out to like, you know, one of the, the sea nearby his monastery and go up to his head in freezing water, come out. And the cool thing about it is that the, um, it was that the otters would come out of the water and warm his, warm his feet when he came out. Every night, most bizarre, you know, story. Um, you can believe it or not, but uh, it, it's sort of an act, you know, we would be an act of faith. But, um, Maybe you should walk down East Capitol Street a little bit and try that in the Anacostia River. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Yeah, in the middle of winter. You know. By the way, I would like to there's say no, there's no otters. I think in, in that in that water, they might, they wouldn't live in there. You know? Right. Well, actually, they're improving the Anacostia now, Father. Oh, there One is. can almost find living things in that river. It's not on fire anymore, you know. <laughs> not, it's not on fire anymore. By the way, I might say uh, you can have all my turns, okay? Yeah, and, right. and sitting in 42, whatever, 30 degree. I'm, I'm actually going back on Thursday to try round two. Hey, look, okay, he, well, you can have all my turns. He's I the promise. only one of the three of us wearing a coat right now. Look at you inside. Look like you're ah, freezing I'm to still, death. I'm still, I'm still thawing out. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, man. All right. So, Monsignor, let's let's define and what we're going to do, folks. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to talk about what is faith, and then the virtues and the sins against faith. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
How about a intellectual meaty definition of faith, Monsignor yeah. from St. Thomas? All right. I'll give that, but you know, I want to say that uh, the four, the other four virtues we've discussed, prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude, uh, not necessarily in that order, but they're natural virtues. However, they can, God can give them a booster shot and make them somewhat supernatural. But at the end of the day, they are natural human virtues that Aristotle and Plato and Socrates noted, you know. Now, all that said, we then come to the three theological virtues, which are also, we would argue, supernatural virtues. Now, uh, let's say one thing about faith before we get started. There is a natural, lower let's call it lowercase f faith, that we all have. For example, most of the things we know, we know by faith, a lowercase f. You know, I know that there's a problem going on in, in Gaza right now because you know, I'm generally saying, well, I see pictures, but that could all be lies. But I mean, I, I believe what other people are telling me. Now, that's ordinary human faith with lowercase f. We're not talking about that here. When we come to the supernatural virtues, we are talking about virtues that are given by God. They are infused or poured into the soul. Um, they are not simply something we can do on our own. They require the grace of God to accomplish them. So with that in mind, let me just give you a kind of a Thomistic gleaning from some of his his own remarks on the supernatural virtue of faith. You can find them in the Secunda Secundae, the second part of the second part, questions 1 through 16. Okay, So the super, faith is the supernatural virtue. In other words, not a virtue we could naturally have, but God gives us as a supernatural virtue by which one through grace adheres in the intellect to a truth revealed by God because of the authority of God who reveals rather than all the evidence that's given. Now, so in other words, we want to say, first of all, before we elaborate on this a bit, um, it is, I believe something because God has told me this. I may have evidence, but I might not. I don't have evidence for everything that God tells me, but I do simply because God, by his authority, has revealed this to me in the scriptures and in the sacred tradition of the church. I accept it and I believe it simply for that fact. All right. Now, um, we'll, we'll talk about this later, Father, but most people have life exactly backwards. God has to prove to me he's not lying to me. No, the world has to prove to you that there's, you know, but, but what we do is we trust the world and our own sense data more than we trust God, all right? Um, but faith is, is a virtue that God gives us to believe and accept what he's taught us simply because he's teaching us this rather than all the evidence that's given. All right. And we'll, we'll, we'll unpack this, but let's continue. Now, faith, therefore, is about um, something that is not seen. If I see something, like I'm looking now, I, I'm holding a pen in my hand. I wonder where my pen is. Well, I don't need faith. I, It's right here. I have it. I don't need faith anymore. It's I evidently have it. So faith is about things not seen. I know it's here somewhere. You know, okay. And once I see it and have it, faith goes away. And now I simply have certainty. So faith is a, a, about those things that are not seen. By the way, see up the letter to the Hebrews. Faith is evidence of things not seen. Okay. 
uh, rather than the evidence given. Now, the object of faith is not something seen or sensed, so that when something is manifest, it is not the object of faith. But to have faith is to think with assent, with the mind under the command of the will, it accepts without hesitation. Notice that, without hesitation, whatever God reveals. Now, certain truths revealed by God that the mind can eventually prove in its study are still the object of faith insofar as, for example, we, 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 we know them, say, from early youth, but we see and understand there's deeper realities about them that we don't see. So you might recall uh, a moment in the gospel where Thomas said, unless I see the nails in his hands and, you know, and so on, I won't believe. Well, Thomas is given the gift to see the Lord and he shows him his wounds. But he says, Thomas, you believe because you have seen, but blessed are those who have not seen, but do believe. Now, this sounds like the Lord is saying that uh, faith is about things that are seen. But no, uh, as St. Augustine points out, Thomas saw one thing, but said something more hidden. So he saw the wounds of Christ. He says, you're clearly the one who died on the cross. But now I confess you to be Lord and God which he cannot see. So in other words, even in that moment where you believe Thomas because you have seen me, doesn't overrule this general norm, which is that faith is about things we cannot fully see or fully prove uh, with our simple human intellect. So the object of faith are things of God and, and, and so on, which cannot simply be seen um, or proven by human rationality but which are more mysterious, more hidden. And some of it might be seen, but most of it lies hidden. For example, let's take a look at the sacraments. Um, it is, it, it, let's go to the Holy Communion. As St. Thomas says, you know, we see still bread and wine, but we, we know them by faith to be the body and blood of Christ. And he says in his second verse of the, uh, uh, one of the hymns he wrote, visus gustus tactus, in te falitur. So sight and taste and touch are all deceived, but only the hearing is safely believed. And he goes on to say in that hymn, I believe whatever the Son of God tells me, for nothing is truer than the word than the word of truth himself. Now, um, so St. Uh, Paul says this, faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the word of God, not from seeing. Our eyes still see bread, they still see wine, our taste and touch all still, this is bread, this is wine. But at the end of the day, our hearing, only of all the senses, only the hearing is safely believed. This is not just bread and wine, this is now the body and blood of Christ. Because faith comes by hearing, not from what is seen. So we have to accept the word of God tells me that what I am seeing is not the full reality. In fact, it's not the reality at all. It's actually his body and blood. Right. So when it comes to all the truths of faith, remember hearing, faith comes by hearing. And it's through faith that we understand that a, a child isn't just having water poured over their head. They're being taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. They're being saved from sin and so on. I, I don't want to go on too much longer, Father. Sorry. No, it's great. And I, you know, I think I've, I've heard you say in the past um, about how, you know, this little F that we do sometimes, um, some humans, you know, or we all do it sometimes, 
put uh, faith in authorities above us about things we can't necessarily see with our eyes, like the use of a certain medicine, right, that you can't pronounce. Like you, I know you have that one medicine that or disease that you uh, like to use with the with tons of letters. <laughs> Pneumonia ultra microscopic silico vaconiconiosis. <laughs> yes. So hundred bucks you if have... you can spell that, Father Larry. Right, no. It's a, I can. Uh, I'll jump into that water before I can spell that. Um, so, all right. So like, you know, a lot of times what a doctor might say, well, look, you have this disease and you, 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 you have to trust the doctor from his diagnosis. But then the medicine, which you also can't pronounce. And he says, if you take this medicine. So we do practice faith in human, uh, human faith. Uh, like you're saying, but this is more about a gift from God where we believe what God has told us. Mm-hmm. And there's a grace to believe things that we can't necessarily see with our eyes. Um, I mean, we could, we, we can't see parts of it, uh, but not all of it. And uh, it goes, would you say above human reason? Is that it has, as everything of faith has to be above human reason or just more the fact that we believe because God said it. If we're talking about supernatural faith, we can say that it's above reason, but it's not necessarily, and hopefully, not contrary to reason. Right. So God doesn't talk out of both sides of his mouth. That said, you know, when we start to talk about like the mysteries of the Trinity, we're kind of pushing the envelope a little. God is one and God is three. But what, again, so we have to simply accept what God teaches that is kind of contrary to our worldly sensibilities. Uh, But it's not irrational we all know for example quantum physics has shown us that all the mathematical you know certainties and i'm putting that in air quotes um all the mathematical certainties that we have even then don't they don't necessarily apply at the quantum level a plate a thing can seem to be at least in two places at one time and so on so some of the newtonian physics and mathematics of even you know that Go, kind of go offline when we start to enter into quantum uh, physics. So if that's the case, even in the physical world, um, we can certainly accept that there are what we call one or two or three is is not exactly, it's not adequate to describe the life of God, who is one and yet who is three. Right. I mean, even that even that Jesus existed is an act of, is an act of faith for us today because we've never seen him. Exactly. Right. So it, it, both natural and physical, because right, right. even atheists have to say, well, there's evidence that he existed. Now, a lot of them even try to deny that, but all that. So that's more political. Yeah. Okay. So that's great. So I guess that, so let's look at, you know, some of this. And that being said, if it's a gift of believing things we can't see um, and uh, it's given to us at baptism. Uh, let's look at some of the virtues and parts of, related to um to faith and the first uh, that we have here from saint thomas aquinas is servile fear is the fear of punishment is revealed by faith so i guess namely like the the existence of purgatory and and hell would be uh, i mean that's actually an act of faith that there is an afterlife and um if i don't if i don't follow god i i could be damned i mean that's a I have to, well, you know, I mean, you can hedge your best, but I mean, an act of faith means, no, I truly believe that um, I could be punished for um, a serious violation of God's commandments. So yeah. why, don't you, why don't you say more about that? I, I just know this, Monty, I remember once uh, walking out of Mass, I know you've had experiences like this, but um, 
years ago i was preaching about purgatory and you know this guy came out like super angry and he's like oh come on that's what the nuns used to teach me growing up vatican ii did away with purgatory i don't know where he came up with that comment that doesn't that you're just trying it's a you're just trying to scare us father mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> i was like sir I, I just all i can say is you will believe it if you get there you know what i mean uh <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh yeah, I said, this is just a, a dogma. We've always believed this. And can mm-hmm. I prove it to you that purgatory exists? I can't. No, I can't. But I, I, well, know, exi- I know it exists, and you better, you know, but go ahead. Yeah, to go to the letter to the Hebrews, by the way, in that setting, faith is the evidence of things unseen. Right. Faith is evidence, because God said so. Now, you either will accept that God has authority to speak to us about things that we can't understand or see right now, or you don't. Now, isn't it interesting? I, I just go without even questioning that there's a, a war going on right now in Israel at Gaza. Um, but I've not been there to see it myself. I just go ahead and say, well, other people tell me. And then we suddenly cop an attitude. No, God has the ability to tell us things too. And so if we're going to believe in ordinary human beings right. um, to tell us things, um, we ought to accept the fact that it's not God is not asking too much for us to say, look, I can't take you here for a tour yet. I mean, maybe certain saints got special graces, but I'm just telling you it exists and I want you to trust me. And right. before I get into these, these uh, related virtues and parts, maybe it's good to say this. Faith is this beautiful gift from God, a supernatural gift that says, Lord, I love you, and I trust you, and whatever you tell me, I'm going to accept that it's true, because you're not trying to deceive me. You're not, you you can't, you can't even deceive me. Somebody loves me, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn this off, (laughs) turn for my phone. Uh, But I love you, God, I trust you, and whatever you tell me, I'm going to simply accept that it's true, even if I can't immediately understand it or all of its component parts or how it fits into my experience, just that you told me, God, I love you, I trust you, thank you for teaching me this. Now I know it because you said it, you taught it to me. Okay, enough said, but all that said... um, it's a beautiful gift when you think about it of of just saying god i know you love me i know you trust me i mean i I know i trust you and i i know that uh, you're trustworthy and whatever you tell me okay lord that's so that's a beautiful gift and we need that gift and it's not just a human gift it's supernatural and it's good it's good to i mean but this is the point to being made by thomas is it's good to to actually believe that hell exists and pur- and 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 purgatory? That's actually a gift mm-hmm. to believe that because it's like we can avoid it. Then, like I mean, if you don't yeah. think there's any bad news, then you know, I mean, you're not going to try to avoid things. And it's it's a gift to actually believe that there is an everlasting mm-hmm. punishment, and I'm going to do everything possible to avoid that. Exactly. Uh, you know, and it's yeah, like I'm going to live yeah. my life and base it on this, not just say, okay, it's true. Amen. Yeah, exactly, Father. I like how you used to, you had that, I know you told that story uh, and you said, you shared it a couple of times about when someone was re- refuting, you know, because you, you were talking about a judgmental Jesus that spoke about hell and your response was something all along is like, you know, I'm just quoting him. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I didn't hear the Jesus I know in your words today, father, when you talked about hell. <laughs> said, well, I was quoting Jesus. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Right. So, sure. Uh, yeah. So, serve, serve, serve all fear is actually, uh, you know, I never thought yeah. about that. It's, it's actually a, 
it's a gift, right? It's a part of faith that I, I believe in these, these fear. It, it is. And not, let's take them together. Servile and filial and fear. Filial fear. Yeah. Yeah. Both, is, servile fear is fear of punishment. Filial yeah. fear is I just, I love God and I don't want to be separated by him right. by offending or rejecting or ignoring him. Now, both of these are related to faith in this way. Fear is a deep reverence for God. God, it, you know, we all know people in our life who are just, they're mentors or they're just really powerfully influential in our life. And whatever they say must be so because they said it. So you start to see that's that's a human level fear, uh, by, by which I mean reverence, a respect, yeah. a, a holding somebody in awe. Right. You know, oh, Stephen Hawking has said, you know, to all the secularists among us. Right. Um, but uh, for us, th that should be God. We should have that for God. The idea, oh, God has said this. Oh, it's very clear. It's right here. Well, it must be, oh, I, I love God. I reverence him. I hold him in awe. I have a holy fear of God. And therefore, therefore, I accept this just because he said it, because he's God, man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so the filial fear is I fear I follow God not because or I obey Him not because I I fear punishment but I love Him I and, love Him and, and I hold and Him in awe and I want to be in this relationship yeah, yeah. It's beautiful and yeah. I think too it's like as we grow in our faith I think we also Monsignor we we tend to grow out of servile fear a little bit and and we more fall into this filial fear I know yeah. in my own experience I mean I used to just go to confession because I I feared going to hell I I think I've changed I go more because I just you know, I don't want to offend God. I don't, yeah. I don't want to, I, you know, I, I don't pray because I'm afraid that God's going to burn me for not praying. I just want to be with them. And yeah, I, I think love him. Yeah. It's, and th that should happen yeah. to all of us at a time. Right. Yeah. It's as, as the faith increases. That's the goal. Right. Yeah. So then the next but thing, if, is, by the way, if, if fear of punishment is all you got, hey, go, with it, man. go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but ideally right. we grow out of that. And right. we should say, God is so good. He's so right. He's so true. He's so awesome. Well, and we hear people talk about, like, it's so bad to even talk about these things of punishment. But, you know, I mean, sometimes it's like, for some people, it's the only motivation, you know? Yeah. Uh, I guess they're just too lazy to do it out of love. Well, at least they'll do it out of fear, you know? Uh, <laughs> I'll stop Lord. I'll stop smoking, you know, because uh, of fear of cancer, not because <laughs> my wife's asking me to do it, right. you know? Um, so, uh detachment this is interesting i never really thought of detachment as being a uh, a virtue related to faith i mean obviously i i could see that but since faith raises our mind to god and heavenly things we become less enamored on mm -hmm. earthly things right so monsignor say a word about that like how would detachment be uh you know related to faith i mean i guess you know jesus says to the apostles follow me and the apostles may just left their jobs and followed him <laughs> they were mm -hmm. literally detached um how, how do you, how do you experience that or how how do people experience that with faith well most people are far too enamored with the people and things of this world or like you know um you know what's her name taylor says this taylor in her tongue says this and it must be born this, you know or whatever something but somebody's oh, born, yeah, you, born this swift? way taylor man. swift huh what are you talking about i don't know Oh, well, I don't no, follow no. all that. And that's the point. Try to get yourself out of that mess <laughs> and detach no, from it. Got, I think you got the wrong singer. I whatever. Think, I think that was, was that Taylor Swift? Was it? I don't uh, know. Do you know? I Madonna, whoever. No, no. But there was a, there was a singer, the, the singer who sang that song, I was born that way. 
And obviously, I mean, we're two old men, obviously, doing this podcast. We can't identify this. I could care less about that song. But they, there was this big to-do because she tried to buy a convent. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. Uh, and she's. I mean, apparently, she's into all kinds of, you know, uh, hedonistic practice, you know, witch practices. And oh. so the nuns put up a storm about this. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. but going back to the detachment, go ahead. Well, I mean, just because some singer says something or some sports hero says, oh, like, you know, I'm into this. You're like, oh, we must all bow and do this. You know, cut that out. Cut that out. You you should be detached from those things. If you like a little football, fine. But don't listen to football players for advice in life. They're just football players or basketball players. Um, they're, they're, they're just, uh, you know, singers or musicians. Stop that. You know, I, I love this. Don't you love it when they, they, they bring somebody, an actor in front of Congress who played the role of something in a movie and suddenly they're the expert of everybody who's ever had, I don't know, um, you know, such and so disease. I mean, come on, they're just a stupid actor there, but we all like, Ooh, whatever they say. And we're like, Ooh, bow, let's all bow reverently. And let's, and so the point is get over that stuff, cut it out. God has authority. And if they, what anything they say is contrary to God and what God has revealed out with it, but well, see, there, there, every, there, were, there were a lot of people that did that with Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Eventually <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> right. I mean, no, no, I see what you're saying. They were like, ooh, whatever Dr. Fauci said. And eventually, you know, we've had to, at the end of the day, stop all that. We have everything backwards. The We put God on trial because Taylor Swift says something. Instead of putting Taylor Swift on, 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 uh, whatever, if there is a Taylor Swift, some singer, I don't know. Is, that, is she a singer? Yeah, yeah, she is, Monsignor. Okay. You got that. Whatever. Correct. I'm not picking on her, but I'm just saying, or some football player says such and so. Well, instead, we say, oh, well, then that must be right and God is wrong. No, you got it backwards. Oh, no, no. It, it was born this way was Lady Gaga. Okay, Lady Gaga. Okay. <laughs> Even the name, I'm Lady glad, Gaga. I'm glad, we both, I'm glad we both didn't know that. <laughs> uh, yeah. La be, Lady Gaga, whatever. Be, it's Even that, the name. That would be Catholic Lady Gaga, by the oh, way. Yeah, I know. Well, God, apparently so I found out, I mean, everyone thinks it's about homosexuality, but I think it could, it could have some of that. But I think what it was is she, uh, she had an autoimmune disease and I think she was singing about that too. So anyway, it's kind of interesting, whatever, but uh, interesting. Song. So the point is that the world should be on trial right. based on the word of God. But what happens is people who are not detached and who are enamored and connected to the thinking of this world, put the word of God on trial. And so the point is that a part of faith is detachment from the world okay. and it's foolishness and it's, it's follies and it's, it's um, latest obsessions and trends and fashions and all that stuff. Oh, that should be on trial, but we end up putting the word of God on trial right. based on the world. And so the point is cut that out, be detached, listen to God and put the world on trial. Right. The next one is wisdom, the gift to see more deeply and judge rightly divine things. Right? Yeah. So, Could um, I put this together with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, too? They're all yeah. kind of together. What's which the difference? Also, which are Go also gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? It is. So, These are gifts. Mm -hmm. So how does you see, he just kind of pulls them out and says this is related to faith, essentially? It is. And exactly. by the way, things can be more than one thing or another. It's not just right. in this category. It can be, you know, 
so what we see here with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, what's the difference between wisdom and under and knowledge? Well, first of all, wisdom pertains to God and the things of God, knowledge to this world and the things of this world. Now, but particularly things of this world as they de as they relate to our, you know, our our, our mission to become children of God. But let's so let's so wisdom then is the gift to discern and more deeply judge and understand the right things of God. So, wow. Now, I don't know if you've had this experience, Father. I'm sure you have, as well as you, Bill. As we pray and think and we meditate and we ponder the things of God, things start to make sense for us. And we say, oh, yeah, that is so true. In a way that maybe when we were younger men, we didn't grasp. It was like, wow, I never understood the magnificence of this until now. So in other words, wisdom helps us as well as understanding to ponder more deeply the things of God. And we say, they're not just true. They're like really true, man. But to use the the world's kind of way of speaking, they're so true. I mean, how could I have been so stupid as to ever not see this? It's so obviously true and good and proper and right. And there's just no way of seeing this as anything other than gloriously true so wisdom understanding and knowledge i think all pertain to that now understanding we we penetrate more deeply so for example it's not just true but it's it's true in every aspect of my life no let's just take a simple thing like um uh the sovereignty of god for example uh, versus our human freedom um we say wow you know even when I screw up and I do bad things, God can draw good out of it. Mm. Look how sovereign God is. He says, I know, I know he did this. For example, Joseph had to say to his brothers one day, Joseph, the patriarch, I know you all meant this for evil, but God intended it for good. And he drew good out of it. Whoa, stop for a minute. Do you understand even our stupid, foolish, sinfulness as human beings, God can make something good out of it. He shouldn't have to but he can see how therefore God's sovereignty is always at work, even with our human freedom and foolishness. Let, yes, let we're me, free. Let, but well, let me stop. Let me stop. Draw good things even out of the mess that we make. Yeah. Let me stop you there. That's a, that's a powerful point, Monsignor. And I, uh, the other night we had our St. Louina group and uh, one of the, one of the participants, I won't name them um, uh, just because it's, you know, kind of a, whatever but i uh the he was saying that you know with his chronic situation of just pretty pretty intense pain and uh he's got a lot of responsibilities to take care of things and it's just really difficult to do a lot of things and he he said something like i don't i don't understand how an atheist could could deal with this and you know it was very clear like you know but he has i guess my point is he has an understanding that okay yeah in our theology I know that the, I know that the that God will make good out of this somehow, but if I didn't have that that essence, like God didn't reveal that to me through the cross and resurrection, and uh, and also our theology, and you know, if you look at the Catechism where, where you pulled out that, you know, which comes from the Bible, but it's also quoted in the Catechism about God's providence. Yeah, is that essentially like if we didn't? I mean, those things are very helpful mm-hmm. to to just live sometimes. Yeah. You know, essence of faith, the gift of faith. Like, and I, and, you know, what were we? I mean, he has this understanding that, yeah, it stinks, but I know that this isn't the end end game because I also believe in eternal life, which is another thing of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah. so forth. So yeah, it all it all kind of ties. Um, he actually he actually took it a little further and and just didn't um, just didn't say atheist. He went on to say because he's a convert himself. Went on to say right. specifically Catholic. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm Be- sorry because of the say. understanding of you know. Yeah, of, I wasn't. I mean, yeah, I was. Assuming, yeah, I, I was assuming this was a Catholic podcast, but you know, <laughs> no, no. But yeah, no, it's a great it's a great point because, yeah, I mean that distinction, the Catholic faith, and he was saying like we've really we really do have an answer to this in our faith that's been given to us once again given to us that mm-hmm. you know it's not just that oh you know Jesus make it, it's going to work out but like. Our faith teaches that, that, that this, you know, the scriptures teach us this, you know. So uh, interesting. That's a powerful thing. Um, I'm just saying, in summary, Father, that wisdom, understanding, and knowledge yeah. are subsets of faith because through them, these gifts of the Holy Spirit, we come to see not just that God is right, but how right He really is, exactly. and how it all makes sense and fits together, and like, wow, yeah, and that's. Part of the, that's why these are annexed or you know kind of plugged into faith. And not to put you on the spot, can you witness to an event in your life where that happened? Well, I'll tell you this much: it's called seminary. Okay. <laughs> when I went to the <laughs> seminary. I don't think I probably could have told you all ten commandments because I was a product of the seventies catechism. We made felt banners. Do I need mm-hmm. to say anything more? That was catechism class. We made felt banners that said things like love, inclusion you know, mm-hmm. acceptance. Okay. So, um, I went to seminary, not knowing much, but I was like, all of a sudden within the first like six months, I was amazed. My goodness, all this stuff has really been thought through and faith and hope and charity and all these virtues. And not only that, but you know, all the things of God and how they fit together and they make sense. And I'm like, Whoa. And I mean, you couldn't stop me from running over to the library and reading the patristic letters and things now most of my classmates sadly were well i graduated at the top of my class in seminary not because i was the smartest guy in the class but i just was so thirsty i couldn't this is so awesome i have been deprived of so much by my stupid foolish catechism in jeans and a t-shirt and like having rap sessions by the way rapping sessions in those days meant like this talk man I, there are no answers, but let's explore the questions in you know, that kind of nonsense, you know. But I went to seminary and I was like, oh, you were you goodness. were dialoguing, you know? Yeah, that's right, man. And when I went to seminary, it was like my head exploded. I was like, wow, all this stuff fits together and it just makes sense. And I'm like, oh, it makes oh, the, the faith is so awesome. Because by the way, I'll say to everybody who doubts it, oh, that's just old-fashioned ideas. They made it here through all those centuries for a reason. They are old, but they made it through all these time periods because they're right and they make sense and they work. Right. All these latest trendy things are all just, you know, hope hope it works. And most of it doesn't. But we know that these truths that we proclaim are not only from God, but they're also time tested and true. They've come to us through centuries because they make sense and they're true and they work. Right, right. Beautiful. So let's hit the sins. All right. The mm. first sin against faith is unbelief. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes perfect sense. Like, I don't yeah. believe. Um, Just the outright refusal to listen to the truth. I mean, I will not be told what to think or to, you know, don't bother me with the facts. My mind is made up. 
Right. I think today a lot of this, for many Catholics, it's over issues of morality. You know, yeah. I, I think this is just like, and I and I've heard that straight up from people. I mean, they will tell me into my face. They're like, "No offense, Father, but I think I just don't believe that. I don't think that's wrong. I think I can do this, whatever it might be." Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, Jesus has an answer for that, as you know, Father. John chapter three. I mean, John, John chapter three. Here is the verdict: that the light has come into the world, but men prefer the darkness because their deeds, their deeds are wicked. Yeah. Right. Right. Hundred percent. Um, where do you see today as the biggest lack of belief among Catholics? Well, I think ultimately it has to come back to just total disbelief in the providence of God, that God could actually give me the grace to live this life he describes for me. Oh, you can't expect people to be chaste. You can't expect people to like not be greedy. You know, you, you know, you'll fill in the blank. You can't expect whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not really expecting people to be this way but i'm expecting that god can actually lay hold of a person and say hey idiot wake up and realize i can help you and then you know i i i will tell you as and i'm sure both of you can say the same thing that when we finally notice that a sin that we used to struggle with is gone out of our life it's not like oh i know the day moment and hour that i resolved to stop doing that it's never that simple but we right. just know that god sort of just took it away and we said for example i was very very angry and unforgiving of certain things and situations in my life and people and one day i woke up and realized i'm not so angry anymore yeah i'm not i'm not resentful i'm not revengeful so how did that happen i know it wasn't me right it was a wow. gift. It works. You just right. give it to God and say, I'm willing to be free of this. I don't know how to be free, but you go to work and suddenly you just wake up one day and realize that's not a problem anymore. And I'm just trying to say that I think that sometimes we're surprised by grace. Right. Well, I think, let me, let me challenge that a little bit. I think one of the things is that you were taught and you, you know, from your reading the scriptures and also um, from what you've heard from Christ mm -hmm. is that in order to really grow you had to forgive and that you could have said well i don't yeah. need to forgive i don't i don't i don't trust that line of scripture i, I can move on i like my anger my right. enemy is right but in order to in order in order to heal you had to believe that god that you didn't yeah. work on it pray for the grace right god i, I yeah i so said i said to him i'm i'll accept what you do in my life and i'm not saying i did nothing i just waited around i for example some of the people in my life who had hurt me were alcoholics and i went to alan meetings for almost six years Right. And I can only say, well, okay. Um, and suddenly, I mean, so it's not that I did nothing, but I, I couldn't have accomplished it, except that God finally said, I'll do it. And I woke up one day and realized, wow, I mean, I'm not, I can't even try to be angry at these people anymore. Right. Wow. That's got to be from God. And that's, that's the unbelief that we're, we have to battle that grace can't really pull it off. That it really is just human effort. No, it's not. It's it's grace. At the end of the day, God says, I've, I've told you to do something, and I will give you the grace if you'll just trust me in this. And I think that's the biggest unbelief of the day. Yeah, I, I hear you. And next God can't heresy. do it. Heresy and apostasy. Heresy is uh, clinging to a false doctrine by choosing what is known to be contrary to the faith. Uh, just taking and not believing something that's been uh, proposed to us by Christ or the church. Uh, and apostasy is just renouncing everything all at once. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess let's just, I, we could skip apostasy because it's just like, I just straight up believe anything. 
But let's talk a little bit about heresy. Um, well, heresy, yeah. Yeah, like where do you see that today? Okay, well, let's say this orthodoxy holds a tension. For example, there's a tension between some of the truths of the faith, like um, God's sovereignty and our freedom. We right. talked about that earlier. And there's a tension. And the, uh, orthodoxy says both. Heresy says, no, I will not abide the tension. I'll pick one and throw the other thing away. So that's what we mean by heresy. You, wow. you choose right. one truth that seems to be in tension with another truth. So, for example, God is like a merciful man. Okay. And then there's another truth that says, but God will also punish with hell, hellfire, those who refuse to accept his kingdom. Now, both are true. But the heretic, which is very common, says, I will not abide a God who would say this other thing that, uh, you know, I have to ask you not to come to heaven. You wouldn't like it anyway. Go to hell. <laughs> Pardon the expression. But, uh, but, um, so they 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 just throw that doctrine away, and they only reserve, reserve this. Oh, God is like all merciful man, and I can do whatever I want and still walk right into heaven, and it'll all be just peachy. And it's just not true. So orthodoxy says, well, both things are true. God loves everyone, wants them to be saved, but on the other hand, He respects our freedom, and He said to us that I won't force you to accept what heaven is, what the kingdom of God is that it's about certain things, and it has metrics. It's about these things, but not these things. And so I, I will, so orthodoxy holds the balance and holds the tension. Heresy says, nope, uh-uh, ain't happening. I will not abide that tension. I will pick one thing and throw the other thing away. And God says, too bad. Right. Um, so that's what heresy is. Now, apostasy, just to heck with the whole thing, uh, I will not, comply I, I reject god i reject all the teachings uh you know and so yeah that's that's apostasy okay and then idolatry you know and i guess it's um or i mean i don't know if we want to link that with divination but let's say idolatry right just mm -hmm. uh now idolatry i think a lot of times we we tend to lower that down to say well you know if you have a statue of a some god in your living room mm -hmm. and you pray to it then it's uh, pachamama do you mean like pachamama <laughs> uh, how about um yeah yeah <laughs> or the so like... the gods of the east west north and south that were prayed over in canada right. or the grandmother spirit you, you don't mean any of those father do you <laughs> that's precisely okay. what i'm talking about i i know i'll let people look that up <laughs> right uh Okay, so idolatry is, and, and, you see, today we laugh at idolatry. We think we're so, so sophisticated and we don't have that problem today. Yeah. Absolutely not true. Right. We don't, maybe we don't carve statues, although what's Pachamama doing there? Okay, you know, I'm just going to say. But we have that, but we also generally, a lot of people today say, oh, we're not, you know. Well, listen, what's all this stuff about crystals and rocks? What's all this stuff about? Um, well, but the the worst form of it is this: the God within man. Or we make up our own God. Acupuncture. Okay, whatever. You know, we make up our own God, and we think this is will save me, or this God is the real God. So the God within, the I God of my understanding. A teaching, teaching. Oprah teaching Winfrey Roman. and Deepak Chopra. All right, so teaching Roman my senior, you know, you being, you know, uh, dealing with deliverance ministry too. Um, give a little teaching on 
your concerns about acupuncture and why it's a little bit of okay I, I will but let's just say this the idolatry today is that people think they have a perfect right to make up their own god right. and worship it i'm not religious man i'm spiritual and they make up all this stuff and they say this god is the god and i'm spiritual man i'm like above you who are like just dumb old-fashioned religious but they're worshiping this god who by the way always happens to agree with them which could also be a football team yeah, it could be that. It could be, but generally speaking, you know, yeah. people kind of craft this notion. So we used to call all that idolatry, and now we call it like you know, new age or whatever. Okay, now getting back to what you asked about, I would say that acupuncture, things like yoga, these types of things that a lot of Catholics are vague on, and they have a lot of recourse to. The idea here is that, you see, most of these things like yoga, acupuncture, a lot of new age stuff, Reiki, all that stuff, they're all about these forces flowing through the chakra points of the body. And we can work with these and manipulate these flows of forces and, you know, and manipulate them and work with them that somehow our salvation will come very quickly. We'll feel better. You know, this is not revealed to us in scripture, chakra points, Hindu stuff, um, yoga with all of its, you know, flows of body, uh, flows of energy through the body, all this kind of stuff. Oh, you know, yoga is stretching, man. I said, well, let me ask you, what did your yoga teacher tell you? Well, like I'm supposed to sit in the lotus, but what's the lotus position? Well, that's a position from Hinduism and Eastern rites or Eastern religions that says, this is how the energy best flows through your body. What energy? Right. You know, right. what energy? Well, I don't know, man. Well, you better find out. Because, you know, this energy you're talking about may not be of God. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not of God. He hasn't revealed this. Okay, right. the Holy Spirit is what we want. And at the end of the day, um, there's too much, I, I would say, trust in and you know, getting to this point of divination, for example. The uh, divination is this idea that somehow I can manipulate forces and things so that uh, I can make things happen in, in my own, you know, to my own credit or my own benefit. Right. Divination means anything that involves trying to manipulate forces and energies and uh, other whatever so that things go my way. Right. Okay. And it's, it, that's, it's a violation of the first commandment. Do not, no other gods. Just come to me, says the Lord. I love you. I'm your God. I can do everything you need. You don't need to go to Hindus or acupuncture, or you don't need to go to, um, you know, uh, you know, in Reiki or chakra points or Hinduism or yoga or any of this stuff. I'm your Lord. Come to me. Right. Gotcha. So, uh, so idolatry is when you put, make a thing or a person more important to God. And it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's just uh, elevating them above God and giving them more. Yeah. Time and that can't come through for me, so I'll I'll go to this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, blasphemy, the direct disparaging of divine goodness, hence it is emphatic mm -hmm. form disbelief. Like, oh, you can't do this, God, or you know, yeah, it's that, but it's also you know, blank God, or you know, blank, you know, the the mother of God, or you know, we we just are, are ugly and dismissive. I'm so sorry, sorry, for, sorry for that. Okay. Um, uh, I should have turned the ringer off. <laughs> I'm going to do that right now. Here we are. 
Um, but you know, that somehow or another, I, I, I really can't, God's not going to come through for me. So I got to run to these other things, but also it's a heck with God. Uh, I can do what I please. No one will tell me what to do. I'm God or something else is God or, you know, all that kind of stuff is these things are blasphemous because they just say to heck with God. I decide I will do what I want to do. And no one will tell me what to do, including God. Right. So it's a it's a it's a blasphemous disrespectful you know attitude towards god who made everything and sustains all things and has given you everything right and then last but not least the sins against the holy spirit when saint thomas says there are six despair presumption impenitence obstinacy resisting known truth and envy of the spiritual excellence of others um Let's talk about well, they're all good. I think when we talk about hope too, we can kind of hit it, hit hit upon that. It's, mm -hmm. it's also a sin against hope, right? Despair and and presumption. Yeah. But um, okay. Let's say a word about impenitence and obstinacy and resisting known truth. Okay, we can do that. But I would say, how many times a year, Father, do you get asked as well as I get asked? But like, Father, I read this thing about a sin against the Holy Spirit that can't be forgiven. Like, what is that? You know, right. people sometimes come to us with that question, and it's a legitimate question, but I would say that to turn it into just one little simple thing, generally speaking, however, if I were to summarize it and put it into one fundamental thing, it would be that the sin against the Holy Spirit is that um, God can't really help me. I've, I've done things that are sinful and things that even God can't forgive, even God can't help. Uh, there are just things that are beyond God. So let's look at this list again from Thomas. So despair. I, I can't ever get better. God's grace is not sufficient. Um, I can never overcome this. Um, and I'm wretched. So I just, I'm just, I'm just destined for hell. Mm. So that's the idea of despair. It isn't just I can't get overcome something, but um, I can't overcome something because I'm bad and evil and wicked, and even God can't save me. Well, I'm sorry. God is God. You you just diminish God. That's a sin against the Holy Spirit. If you're going to cling to that and say I can't overcome this, I can't be better, I can't overcome, fill it in drinking, anger, sex, whatever, um, then God is not able to come through for you, and that is a not just a form of despair, but it's a sin against the Holy Spirit who can overcome every sin, every sorrow and, and thing within our life. And then other things are related. For example, presumption. Well, since I can't do anything about this, God will just won't care and he'll let me in anyway. No, God says, I've told you, you can be free of this. I'm not, no one's coming to heaven who is still slaves enslaved to anger. No. So presumption says, well, God doesn't care because I'm just, I can't overcome this. Um, I can't possibly, uh, you know, I can't, you know, so that's a sin against the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, God, can, the, who is God, cannot help me to overcome my anger. So I'll just have to struggle with it and bring me right, bring it with me right to heaven. No, you're not getting into heaven with that. So that's presumption. Uh, you know, impenitence, you know. Why bother repenting anymore? I'm I, I can't stop this. I'm not going to. So, well, you hear literally. that you hear that a lot from people. I mean, you hear that a lot from people. Yeah, like I don't know why I'm here. You know, I'm going to do this again. And it's like, yeah, 
Well, I mean, like, you know, my response would always be to someone, you know, in spiritual direction or whatever it might be, you know, mm -hmm. like, well, um, no. where's your faith? You know, I mean, where do you think God can, mm -hmm. I mean, do you, do you have more faith? In so God is unreasonable in asking me to repent of this because it's just not possible. Right. And again, that's a sin against the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is always saying, God can help you. He loves you and wants to set you free. No, he doesn't love me or he won't set me free or I don't want to be set free. Right. And that leads to the other things here, like obstinacy. This isn't a problem. I like this. This is my favorite sin. <laughs> and right. I, 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 won't let go. I won't let go of it, you know. Uh, resisting a known truth. God is displeased by this. Oh, no, he isn't. No, no, he couldn't be. No, uh, I'm not, I don't have to fight this. The Holy Spirit's not asking me to do that. That's a sin against the Holy Spirit. And I'm afraid some of that's going on at the synod in the voices of some people who talk. You know, they're saying, look, uh, we, this is too common. This is too widespread. God loves these people. He's not really asking them. He made them this way. And therefore, you're unreasonable. You're rigid. You're whatever. You fill in the blank because you're saying, no, that God said not to do that. And he gives us the grace not to do it. And maybe we should talk like that. Right. No, 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 no. So, so there's this uh, resisting a known truth. And then there's the envy of the spiritual excellence of others. How dare these holy and righteous, holier than thou's? Who do they think they are? Right. I don't have to listen to them. You know, all of that anger and bitterness towards those who say, well, by the way, everyone I've ever known who's truly holy is not just saying, look at me, I'm excellent from top to bottom. No, that's, uh, what's that? Remember that song from uh, Camelot? Uh, you know, Camelot, you know, where... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know, he comes in uh, and he thinks he's the bee's knees and he ends up falling into adultery with Queen Guinevere. <laughs> you know? I mean, pride goeth before a fall, right? So, um, um, Sir Lancelot, that's his name. You know, I, you know if, if I had been in, in the partner of Eve, we'd be in Eden still. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, all of that's just, you know... Um, this idea that, you know, uh, there, there's an attitude of anger or resentment to people who don't struggle, say, with alcohol or anger or sexual things uh, of some sort, like pornography, or um, there are, you know, who do they think they are? Holy than thou. Most of the rest of us are struggling with this, and God doesn't really care that much. They're just trying to wag their finger at us. And so all of these are sins against the Holy Spirit, where we just resist the truth. We refuse to repent. We don't think repentance is even possible. Right. And uh, we think, well, hey, you know, who's God to tell me what to do? And all of this goes back to faith. God has said something. Look, I love you. Here's the way. Walk in it. And the, the, the faith is the grace, the supernatural virtue that says, okay, Lord, you told me to do this. And so I'm going to do it. And if I fall, I'll go to confession and say, I, I, I screwed up. I'm not going to call it good or no big deal. But I, I, I know that you've given me the grace. You told me this is the way. This brings happiness. These other things bring sorrow. I'm going to trust you with all my heart, and I love you, and I will not simply just dismiss you because I believe in you, and you love me, and you're good, and you want what's best for me. Right. That's faith. All these other things, I will not be told what to do. God didn't really say that. All these things are sins against faith, and we have to say no, no. 
faith is a supernatural yeah. virtue wherein I conclude that something is true simply because God says so. And I can argue and fight and say, I don't know about that. There's a, well, aren't there any exceptions? And But at the end of the day, no, none of that matters. God said this, and therefore I need to agree with him. Right. And, and sadly, a lot of people at the so-called synod uh, are saying they're hearing the Holy Spirit telling them something that God didn't tell them. <laughs> yeah. And uh, from some right. of the reports. Now, not everybody the synod is not all evil and all bad. There are people there who are actually, I've, I've read, who are saying, no, 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 we have to keep the teaching to the Lord. You've got your good good people there too. But I'm afraid, like you are, I'm concerned, let's put it that way, that um, there are some who are just saying, I don't care what God said. We're in a new world now. And we're singing a new church into being. And they're there too. And I would argue they've, they're sinning against faith. All right, my opinion. Yep. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And I think, too, is our, our faith teaches us is that they can try all they want, but really the church will always stay the same and the the teachings will always stay the same. Yeah. And, um, you know, because the Holy Spirit will make sure that happens. I, I, I truly believe I, I and even if some crazy stuff comes out, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I don't you know, you know, I'm really impressed by a lot of people like it doesn't change my faith. because I know what the church teaches. Mm -hmm. I know what what God's revealed. And, uh, and I think that's, but I think the bottom line is, is mm -hmm. faith is so vitally important because here's the other thing. If you lose your faith, you lose everything. Yeah. And here's the other thing. And too, I was talking to the sisters about this this morning. If you, if you start, stop doing one thing, you basically start losing grasp on everything. Yeah. When you just, the whole thing dismantles when you say, it all fits together. Yeah. It just, it's like, it's like taking a screw out of one of the legs of the, of the table and it's, yeah. it's going to fall apart. And, you know, yeah. and I think people have this idea. Well, I don't. I can believe. I can just not disregard one aspect of faith, but that is just basically rejecting everything mm -hmm. in, in some ways. I mean, it really is. It's like you got. I mean, in a sense that God, it's God who has revealed this to us. You know, not human beings. And by the uh, way, another example for you, Father, that might be even more of a powerful example. So I'm. I'm before the age of GPS. You're right. telling me how to get to where you live. So, right. uh, I follow. You give me ten instructions. Right. Now, one of the instructions says turn right at this light on such and so an avenue. I say I will not, and I turn left. But I kept nine out of ten. <laughs> right. But that left turn, it's you, you got to keep it all. You, you didn't. You didn't arrive. You can't there. just. See, I'll I'll just throw this one out that I don't like, and people think they can do that, but no. It's, think of it like, like that. If I say no, I will not turn right at this thing. I don't like to be told what to do. I will turn left. You're not going to get to my house, or I'm not going to get to your house. Right. Yeah. And our Lord talks about it in the Gospels that faith is necessary for salvation. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's like, and do you believe him or not? That's about believe faith. It or not, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, uh, in honor of. Uh, the saint that uh, Luke, yeah, yeah, Luke, <laughs> and also the saint that his, the otters dried his feet. Um, why don't you give us a blessing, uh, Monsignor? Yes, on this feast of Saint Luke, we ask that we will listen carefully to the gospel of the Lord, and we will accept it in our life without exception. Um, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Well.